listening to Gizmonic Institute Radio. In the not too distant future, on no specific date, there were two guys with a mutual love of MST3K. They were on their way to watch a favorite show, but then things went bad as they tend to go. When they woke up, they were surprised to find they had been kidnapped by a scientist and launched into the sky. Now they're stuck in space until they've watched every episode of the show. That's the only way that Dr. Odd says he'll ever let them go. Now we invite you to join our heroes as they travel both near and far. Podcasting their grand adventures while hurtling through the stars. It's time for Gizmonic Institute's radio. I have to say, I'm a little confused with what you're going for here. Well... We've been up here for months, years. We've established before that we have no way of telling time. But I do know that it is high time that we had a meeting. Okay, I just... Why? You know, organization, synergy, communication, uh, blue sky, solutioneering. Lots of reasons. But in the corporate world, isn't the whole purpose of a meeting to open lines of communication about a particular subject between people who wouldn't usually have occasion to see each other during their day-to-day? Well, that's one of the reasons to have a meeting. But we literally see each other for hours every day. What subject could we possibly need to communicate more about? Well, what about Lego? Don't you dare say Lego scenes depicting the lives of great U.S. presidents. I listened to you talk about that for what seemed like hours yesterday. It's not a meeting topic. But Teddy Roosevelt... I know. I agreed with you yesterday that the Rough Riders on San Juan Hill would make a sweet Lego set. I just don't think it needs any more discussion. Well, maybe we can revisit it at some other time. In that case, Nobot, can you make an amendment to the minutes? We will not be discussing Lego and the lives of the presidents today. Uh, I wouldn't be here if you didn't need me to keep track of your minutes, would I? Of course you would. You're just as valuable a member of our little enterprise as the rest of us are. Is there anything I can do to decrease my value? You know, so I can leave? Nope. So, are we going to talk about anything or just sit here and stare at each other? Because sit and stare isn't on our schedule till this afternoon. Oh, don't worry. We'll start. Just as soon as everyone is here. What? Who are we waiting on? You do remember that it's just the two of us trapped up here, right? Hey! Oh, and Nolbot. But who else are we waiting for? Now, I swear, if some alien or something comes sauntering in here wearing one of these wicked uncomfortable suits, I'm just going to throw myself out the airlock and be done with it. Speaking of which, in what dark locker did you find these awful suits? They look like a disco club threw up on a JCPenney clearance rack, and ugh, man, do they itch. I think they're quite stylish. Nolbot. You can't properly wear the suit. We had to attach it to you wearing a series of magnets and copper wire. You say magnets and wire, but all I'm hearing is custom tailored. Hey! There's an idea. Custom tailored suits for robots. Nobot, add it to the minutes. Wait, so we're pitching ideas now? Not officially, since the meeting hasn't started yet. But we can get warmed up. Okay, quick. Give me an idea for some branding for our new shop. The robot tailor? Yes, keep it up. This is so stupid. We're never going to get anywhere with that attitude. Nobot, hit me up with some ideas. Uh, robo, robot, cyborg. Oh, oh, got it. Cyberman's Warehouse. You're going to like the way you... 0110110111011011110111110111. Remember when I said this was stupid earlier? Eh, guess what? I was right. 
we're never gonna get anywhere saying things like that. I think it's a great idea! Okay, 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 I get it, I get it. So, is that it? Is the meeting over? Seriously? Like I said, this is just the warm-up. Once all of us get here, we'll begin. Oh, right. You still never told me who the fourth meeting person... Stakeholder. Okay, stakeholder for this thing... Possible of financial investment endeavor. Well, not repeating that one, but seriously, who or what are we waiting on? Ah, sorry. Have you started yet? I'm running a bit late. I had a lava accident. Whoa, a lava accident? What happened? It was a lava accident. The name was pretty self-explanatory, I thought. I mean, some lava got where it shouldn't have been. Lava accident. Anyway, so you guys ready to do this? Wait, Dr. Odd is our fourth meeting person? Stakeholder. <sighs> Whatever. Seriously, it was like three audio logs ago where we watched him wander around looking for a sandwich that ended up being attached to his back, all the while while not wearing pants? One of the first times we ever spoke to him, he tried to pitch us the idea for Shazam, the meat-flavored water. The man has genetically engineered dozens of werewolf butlers, but has never taught any of them to play basketball. Asking Dr. Odd for ideas is like putting a bunch of bottles of ketchup on the table at a sushi restaurant. It doesn't make sense, and eventually someone dumb will use one to ruin everything. Now, now, let's be civil. Otherwise, we might need to have an HR mediation. We wouldn't want that, would we? I am HR. I will make you relive this whole chain of events through puppetry and crying and hugging. Fine, whatever. Let's just get this thing over with. Alright, what did I miss? Uh, well, we were just getting warmed up, thinking names for a new menswear store for robots. Ah, hmm. What about Thai Robot? Not bad. Okay, Nobot, what's first on the agenda? Well... Since we're running a bit behind schedule, we'll skip ahead, and... Okay, it looks like it's time to take a break so you can record an audio log. Seriously? All that build-up and then just a break? Great work! We'll meet back here after the audio log and continue to toss around ideas. Keep those creative juices flowing. You have to be kidding me. Oh, man. I am just feeling synapses burning, popping. I think this whole idea thing is just kind of, uh killed all my brain cells, but I'll try and do this audio log. Yeah, but you don't like the fact that I got just this one little piece of wood here so I can, like I have a desk? Yeah, I... Yeah. I, you gotta do a lot know. of hand noises. Yeah. You were uh, drumming on that. You were doing, what was it, X, YYZ by Rush the other day? You were just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of 7-8 time on that desk. Yeah. Yeah. I think if anything's going to drive us mad up here, it's going to be you drumming on that desk. Yes, but I don't have any sense of rhythm. But I'm yep. sure glad I found this wooden desk. Yeah, I'm sure. Gonna try and hide it from you. Wooden desk top. Let's. Yeah. Let's not go out of go out sorts here. I just I don't understand why there's so much like old 1950s uh, like classroom classroom equipment. Yeah, especially when it's all Soviet era. Yeah, which it's is weird. Explains why there's so much depleted uranium mm-hmm. in. There's, those desks that raise up and then you smash your hand in them and they're just full of uranium. It's smart. It really does. Mm-hmm. I think we should do this audio log. Okay. Let's simmer, talk simmer. about Moon right. Zero Two. Let's talk week. about Moon Zero Two. Let's talk about the fact that first and foremost, there's no Commando Cody this week at all. Whatsoever. Yeah. Not even the, oh, here's a little bit, oh, the film broke, bam, bam. I, I, is it possible? Could we be have seen the end of Commando Cody? Well, we didn't see the end of it because the film broke, but oh. 
yes, I think that it, I, you know, they can't they can't show us another episode because we didn't see the cliffhanger, so it wouldn't make sense. That wouldn't make sense, and that's perfect. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I think it's over. I, if I had to put money on it, I'd say we have seen the last of Commander Cody. I wish we had money up here, but it really wouldn't do us any good. But we could gamble. No, I'll bet you your desk. All right, that's a bet I'm willing to take. All right. Stop it. We want to hear some facts about the movie Moon Zero Two that I found on the Otternet. I would love to because I love this movie. I do too. Yeah. Ah, man, this movie was uh, made in 1969, so that means it's a year after 2001: A Space Odyssey, which okay, you could definitely tell this movie was taking a few cues from. Yeah, a few. A few. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, 1969, something else about the moon happened that year. I, oh, I can't remember. Um, oh, jeez, that was... Uh, moon unit Zappa was born, right? Yes, no. I think so. No, it was... Uh, She's moon, younger than that. Moo, that's what people discovered that cows say. Moo. Mm-hmm. They finally oh. had an onomatopoeia for cows. Before that, it, people would just write uh, an asterisk, cow sound. Uh-huh, and they'd scream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's very hard to communicate barnyard noises. Mm-hmm. Old, old McDonald's song oh! was terrifying. The moon landing was also oh, in 1969. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah yep. sure. So, I mean, yeah, this was the peak of moon hysteria. People were just so amped on the moon. Yeah. Uh, strangely, this movie didn't do well at all. Yeah. I. It, it kind of was a big box office flop. It, was this? Did it release before or after the moon landing? It was after the moon landing. It was uh, in October of that year, and the moon landing was in July. Okay, I, that's that probably has something to do with it because people were over the moon at that point. You think people were? <laughs> yeah, I, I I heard what I said. Yeah, I could. I'm glad. <laughs> I, that means I didn't have to say anything. Um, this was a diff- this was a different time, you know. We, they didn't have memes like they do in these in, during these troubled times that we now live. Right. You know, if Rebecca Black had released the song in 1969, it would have been a chart topper for till late 70s. Mm-hmm. Moon Day. Moon, moon Day. Moon Got Day. It down on Moon Day. Mm-hmm. So Everybody's yeah, no people forward were still... to that Moon Weekend. It wasn't until the the you know the the last Moon mission, people were just so tired of the Moon, and I, I believe that was in the uh, early 70s. 73. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Like, okay, so the 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 whole idea of the Moon. Like the the moon landing was like we need to be the first to get to the moon. Yeah, which was explicitly covered in the opening credits of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. But then we got there and people were watching this video of a guy walking around on a giant desolate rock and just jumping and hitting a golf ball and people were just like, okay. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, it was a totally it was totally the American way just to be like, all right, we did it. Let's mm-hmm. forget about it now. Let's, yep. We did this. We accomplished this. Now we're never going to think about it again. Mm-hmm. I think that's what happened. I think, yeah. We've yeah. been there, done that. Yeah, we won the race. We're not going to, uh, like, you know, you, you run a marathon. You're not going to go home and want to watch a movie about a guy running a marathon. Right, like Marathon Man. Yeah. Or Running Man. Or Running Man. Yeah. Or Chariots of Fire. You don't want to watch those movies when you run yeah. a marathon. Right. You probably just want to go home and hydrate restore your electrolytes right but leading up to the marathon you watch those movies you get pumped exactly and to be yeah. fair though we did do a few more moon missions so yeah, it was kind of rubbing the, it in the it was like you win the marathon and then you kind of you run back 
Uh-huh. And then, you know, all the people you who start are running the wrong way and clotheslining people. Right. And just laughing at them because you're done and, and you yeah. can go home. And you get jelly faces. Yeah. And finding the person with an inspirational story, maybe an amputee. <laughs> Stealing their leg. Just, yeah, just sweep it out from underneath them. It's just mean. Yeah. Who wants to be like that? You know how much this movie costs? I have no idea. 500,000 pounds. Okay. Do you know what that was, means? It was British. It, it it's either not, really heavy or it was a British movie? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't mean anything. Uh, but I did punch it into... Uh, there's actually... I found a calculator that can go back in time. Okay. I like and, this. Yeah. It can either go back in time or it's just a very old calculator. I'm not sure. <laughs> but anyway, I figured it out. And that's about $10 million uh, in wow. today's American money. Holy crap. Or about five odd bucks. Yeah. Because odd bucks apparently are worth a lot of money. Yeah. I don't know. Redeemable nowhere, though. They're not. No, not even Doctor Odd doesn't even take them, which is so such a yeah. slap in the face. Yep. I really wish I hadn't have cashed in my retirement. <laughs> yeah, for traded in for odd bucks. Yeah, it just seemed like a good deal at the time. Yeah, uh-huh. I agree. But yeah. What you you know, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about how it owed a lot to two thousand and one, a yes. space odyssey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not so much just in style, but in staff. A lot of the effects guys, after they got done in 1968 uh, with Space Odyssey, they came over and did this movie. Really? Yeah, they got tired of working for a tyrant. Um, okay. Oh, for Stanley Kubrick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, you know, you and I know how that is. Yeah, I am I am tired of working for... Well, we're not really working since, you know, again, we're getting paid in odd bucks. and That's true. They're not redeemable anymore. Right, and he doesn't demand perfection as no. much as he just, you know, accepts mediocrity. Right, and he doesn't really require anything of us other than this once every couple of weeks. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, I guess other than the fact that we may never return home uh, alive and we've forgotten what it means to be happy, I guess it's not that bad. Yeah, but home is where the heart is. I Yeah, Sure. But I mean, that's a stupid adage because anywhere you go is home. Well, I have uh, I have a special arrangement with Nullbot that if I die up here, he's going to remove my heart from my body and then store it within himself. Well, you know, it brings up an interesting question. <laughs> if I'm you ready. have an artificial heart, does that mean that home is wherever what biological waste dump that your heart is in? I think they just burn it. Oh, they do they really? Yeah. Huh, it seems... Well, I mean, that's usually... I, I'm not a doctor, and I don't think the doctors are the one disposing of the medical waste, so that doesn't help anyway, but... Well, I guess I'll never be a doctor then, because you just <laughs> took out the fun part. <laughs> Sorry. But I think they just have a big incinerator in the basement where they just put that stuff. Oh, like they have a hatch. They just open yeah. and just throw it's a, stuff. It's, it's a guy with his shovel. It's a dumbwaiter. shoveling in big piles of organs and tumors right into a, a a big boiler that runs the steam plant yeah it's like the uh it's like the lower decks of the titanic or the starship enterprise yeah but it smells terrible like the starship enterprise yes because everyone's sweaty all the time mm-hmm. yeah in the future no one can smell your bl gotta shovel those dilithium crystals in there somehow <laughs> it's hot yeah ah <laughs> oh, man you know uh, i have my grandfather's stopwatch right here Okay. Tightly Here. wound. Hand it over to me, okay. and I'm going to give you a 20-second uh, recap. Okay. I hope I can do it. I'm so not wanting to get shocked again. Yeah, well, you know what? I have a remedy for that. Oh, yeah? Keep it under 20 seconds. I'll try. 
Alright, are you ready? Yeah. On your mark, get set. 20-second recap. Okay, so a guy shows up to the moon in this old spaceship, and he's going to sell some junk that he just found, and he met this nice lady, and she's wearing, like, a rocket ship nose for a hat, and she wants to go to Farside 5, but some monocle dude wants him to do some illegal shenanigans on an asteroid, and then there's some go-go dancing and some gunplay at the end. Oh, 15.8 seconds. Oh! 20. That was really terrifying. I'm I love this movie. I love this movie, too. I love this episode. Let's talk about this episode. Okay. At the beginning segment, it's a quick 30 seconds to commercial sign. Yep. Joel kind of, he lays a little guilt trip on you there. He asks, you know, if you use the commercial break to grab something to eat, try to think of him up there in space. Because he needs to eat vicariously through we the audience. Right. And then he eats a grape, so... I feel I feel directly insulted by that because I don't think he was thinking of people like us who may be trapped in space forced to watch him eating grapes. Right. I would kill for a grape. Yeah. I would literally – if you had a grape, I would consider murdering you for it. I would do the same thing to you. We're best friends. Forever. Yep. Murder buddies. Yay. Murder pact. We have a murder pact. Yep. For grapes. Blood brothers. Blood brothers. Yeah. Blood uh, brothers. Yep. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of a jerk move buddies. on Joel's part. It was a jerk jerk move on him. Yep. But, and then, it, what, of course, what doesn't make sense is the, uh, for the invention exchange, Joel's invention is a teleportation eating device. Yep. He's saying, you know, in the future you won't go to a drive-thru, but a drive-by. Uh-huh. And then he uh, eats a cookie through teleportation. It's some prop comedy trickery. Yep. It's like a feed bag for his head. Yeah. And then he drinks some milk, and he takes the mask off, and he has a, a milk mustache. It's awesome. Yeah. And nobody <laughs> can figure out how it's done. Nope. It's a mystery. Just it, like just like that water juggling thing that fooled me. I know. Got me good. It, although, he could have been really teleporting food to his mouth. It, it's possible. No one knows. No one will ever know. Although, I have some theories. I do, too. Uh... I have them all inside of this uranium-filled uh, children's desk from the Soviet Union. <laughs> all your theories? Mm-hmm. Fair enough. They're on napkins. So uh, I really like the Mads invention exchange from yeah. uh, from this episode. The celebrity toothpaste. Mm-hmm. They're just uh, tiny doll heads that barf toothpaste on toothbrushes. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Nicholson and the Witches of Eastwick. Yeah, or the little girl from The Exorcist. Yeah, uh, whose, whose name escapes me completely, but that's okay because it doesn't matter. The because demon. The, the dolls didn't look anything like celebrities. No. Yeah, what, what did uh, Jamless Wine say? It's like, your mom brushes teeth in hell or something. <laughs> like, yeah, and then barfed so on the great. thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty if you, good. If you're going to say anything to uh, make kids brush their teeth, say something terrifying. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dental hygiene has never been so much fun. No, it never will be again. Never will be fun again. Nope. All right, let's talk about the first segment, the proper first segment after they've been in the theater. Uh, I a history of the moon landing. All right. Servo narrating his uh, his dulcet tones. Mm-hmm. Joel is playing the part of both Neil Armstrong and John F. Kennedy. President John F. Kennedy, which is amazing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. His New England accent is terrible. Oh, my God. It's the worst. It's so badly good. Yep. If that's a thing. It's, it added a little twinge of Minnesotan yeah. New England. <laughs> right. 
Ask not what your, uh, your country can do for you. Do for you now. <laughs> what what you can do for your uh, country. Mm-hmm. See, I'm, I'm bad, too. No, it's, it's great when it's bad. Yeah, fair enough. Because JFK's uh, accent was pretty bad, too. Yeah. But he couldn't help it because he was born with it. Mm-hmm. So maybe we shouldn't make fun of him. No. It's a speech impediment. It's a speech it's a speech impediment, right? <laughs> a crow comes out. He's playing Buzz Aldrin, and he's wearing this giant helmet and uh, a set of football pads. And it really looked like he was off balance yeah. the whole time. Like at any moment, he was going to crash. I, I'll bet that was a heavy puppet to hold. I think you're probably right. <laughs> I think it was exhausting. Do you think it was the uh, the same football pads from the uh, the Exo Grabber? <gasps> I bet it was. Yeah, I bet they don't have two sets of football pads floating around their studios. I don't even have one. I don't have one. I have like negative one football pad. Yeah. I was beat up so many times in high school by football players that I have negative one football yeah, pad. If, if somebody gave me a pair of football pads, they would just instantly disappear. Yeah, if someone gave me a pair of football pads, it would uh, give me a wedgie. Right, I it, actually it owe someone them. a pair of football pads. Yeah. Are they? Do they come in pairs? I don't, <laughs> I don't I think I guess like a pair. It, yeah, I guess it would just be football shoulder pads, like a shirt. It's not a pair of shirts, right? Yeah. So okay. So yeah. That that there that explains why we're in the negative. We thought there was two all along. <laughs> yeah. By bulk. One. Yeah. Well, head, head to Oddsco. Oddsco. Buy, buy a, a gross of football pads. Mm-hmm. And just the the the, the required wear for the post-apocalyptic wasteland. Yep. Also, Oddsco doesn't take odd bucks, so I know. Yeah, there's this whole like broken chain of commerce that we're uh, just victim to up here. Yeah, we were definitely suckered into that one. Yep. And the quality of the paper is leaves a lot to be desired. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm pretty sure this is the same paper stock that they use in uh, hotel room Bibles. Yeah, it's kind of schlocky too for him to put in odd we trust on them. Yeah, I know. That's uh, I just it's too punny even it's for him. It's too punny for him. Yeah. Hey, so uh, after that segment, did you notice that Crow w- tried to wear his helmet in the theater, but it was huge? Yes. And Joel made him take it off. Joel made him take it off. So that's enough yep. of that. Yeah. Because it was blocking out a large portion of the screen. It absolutely was. <laughs> and I would have thought, you know. He wouldn't have liked wearing it much longer anyway, but hey, yeah. your, your arms are so spindly, it's probably very hard. Yep. So, <clears throat> well, let's talk about the next segment when they leave the theater. You know, Joel's explaining to them the future. It's kind of like how the, the future in the movie is, where on uh, on the moon, much as we use odd bucks, uh-huh. they use moon bucks. You know, if you're making up a, some sort of science fiction like universe just making up your own currency is just really hacky yeah you don't need to do that like um the australians use the dollar but they're not like hey can i get uh five australian dollars mate it's all science yeah it's like you know the science of the future where they just put moon on the beginning of things yeah like uh like, he's talking Joel's talking about some games of the future like uh nintendo will be Moontendo. Oh, yeah. The Moontendo is my favorite one of those mm-hmm. things. And uh, instead of chutes and ladders, it's vacuum tubes, which threw me for a loop there. When, but then he explained it. You know, it's like how the Jetsons traveled. Sure. Uh, know, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and for the contemporary, it'd be Futurama. They zip around the city. Sure. New New York. Yes. Uh, and then Joel says, sorry, will still be the hardest game, which I, he kind of, they just passed that over, but I thought, when I thought about that joke, I was like, that's a good joke right there. Solid, I thought. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And the segment ends with them playing Rock'em Sock'em Robots, with, you know, of course, the bots as the Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yeah, that, I don't know if that's my favorite segment to date, but it was pretty good. It was pretty good, especially when he his block off. Yes. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> So, okay, answer me this then. Since they did that – okay, we're looking at this in the entire MST3K fiction. Mm-hmm. So Joel modified the bots to be Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Mm-hmm. Now, it's – I guess it's – is it bad of me to infer that now they are for, they forever have that functionality? No, because it – unless he undid it. I don't – well, yeah, I guess he could have done that. But why? Why would he? Yeah. Exactly. So at any time, one of their blocks could be knocked off. Yes. Yeah. But only by the other one. Right. I'm pretty sure that the the MST3K robots having Rock'em Sock'em robot technology imbued in them is what the movie Real Steel is about. I think you're right. It's what it was based on. Yeah, and after the um, fights, that robot would go with a little kid and they would crack wise at terrible movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And, and wish Polly happy birthday. <laughs> oh man that is that is a good reference thank you uh okay next segment talking about the ladies which is yeah. kind of weird because robots i didn't realize they like ladies but well maybe joel put a little bit of his personality in there that's true he could have he could have created them in his image yes true and done a very bad job of it yes not well, he didn't have robots. very many parts to work with. That's true. Yeah. Well, they're you know they're make they're making fun basically of the, the styles, the fashions of this movie, the horrible hairstyle, the ridiculous yep. uh, costumes that they wear, which mm-hmm. is just like what it's impossible to tell a future. I mean, come on, right? Unless you've got the sports almanac and your name is Biff, you're not going to be sure. able to tell a future. Well, to be fair, compared to what people were wearing in the 1960s. Some of the thing. Well, actually, no, that's not true because I think it's in style now just to wear things that were in style in the 1960s. So, right. never mind. Yeah. I was going to make some profound statement about how things would look crazy just in a different way, but maybe in the 90s. Sure. I think the 90s were more crazy in terms of future clothes than yeah. than today. Everything was extreme. Oh, the Jinko jeans! Wow, just oh my uh, goodness, the, like the legs were so wide. I know it was for ravers to to hide. Uh, their raver friends in and for short people to hide their feet <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a wild time we found a new reserve of canvas uh, and, and jean Europe. material yeah there's so much denim there's just yeah the denim mountains just yeah blasted open so nowadays denim is so much harder to find that's why everyone has skinny jeans there's just not yeah. enough of it rare earth denim rare <laughs> it's, it's crazy it's so bad for the environment, but whatever. Yeah. No, I mean, the, I I grew up near a town that was you know almost completely ruined by a denim strip mine. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. just oh man, the worst. Because well, you've the got the denim, the you got the washing. denim strip mine, and then you've got a bunch of you know illegal aliens working in the the garnet manufacturing factory. 
Oh, sorry, grommets. grommets. I was thinking grommets. <laughs> Just smelting grommets all day. Yeah. Well, you gotta you gotta have something to fasten the denim to itself with. And you need to rivet them. Yep. So that's and where Rosie the Riveter came from. Uh-huh. If you're making Chuck Norris action jeans, you have to put in that gusset in the crotch so you can do high kicks. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> important to have breathing room down there. Uh-huh. For high kicks. For high kicks. <laughs> How many pairs of jeans do you think Chuck Norris just tore? Like, he's doing a stunt or something, or he's trying to intimidate someone, does a high kick, and then it's just like, oh, there's Chuck Norris's undies. Oh, man. I, uh, you know, and I hate to say it, I imagine he wasn't someone who wore... Undies. Oh, ugh. that's yeah. a. That's I know a Arnold Schwarzenegger of... was in Commando, uh, but Chuck Norris was going Commando. That's a different type of intimidation altogether. You do a high kick, and then it's like, oh, hey, oh there it is. Oh, okay. Which do you think is thicker, his beard? Or... Hey, let's talk about. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about this segment. Still, I was going to say the top of uh, Frodo's foot. Oh, I was um, thinking of Lord of the Rings. I... Uh, I'd say Chuck Norris's beard. Yeah, you're probably right. But you wanted to do what now? Talk about the movie? Oh, uh, yeah, we could do that. Okay. I mean, we we did talk about how uh, Joel and the boss get in a zero gravity fight, which oh is hilarious. Oh my god, I forgot all about that. It's straight ripped straight out of the movie. Yep. It's they, they even use the soundtrack, which is just bam, bombastic horns, just screaming, jazz. screaming like. It was it was weird, just like acid jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Free flowing, just like, hey man, mm-hmm. it's the '60s. We're just gonna throw away all conventions. We're just gonna just like jam, man. Some some sweet flugelhorn riffs. Oh, just, uh, oh, that's my favorite of the brass instruments. Is the, the flugelhorn? Yeah, I think it's between the flugelhorn and the euphonium for me. Oh, the euphonium's a good one. Mm-hmm. I also like the bass saxophone. Um, bigger the better. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. That's why yep. Kenny G does nothing for me with this dinky little. This little alto soprano, oh, God, whatever it is. It's just a. Yeah. It's just a child's recorder. Yeah, made I'm out gonna of metal. Looks like a clarinet. Hey, I have an idea for your career. Why don't you play a clarinet and look like Weird Al? Yeah. So Weird Al's cooler. <laughs> Weird Al's great. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Kenny G never made UHF. Nope. Good, good point. Yep, that's Burn. gonna you know when uh, somebody writes his obituary someday. That's gonna be my counterpoint. Yeah, Kenny G. Now? I like it. Hey, can we talk about this awesome movie? I would love to talk about this awesome movie from 1969 that is so stylistically appropriate to the era. Uh, absolutely. I love the way this movie looked. Yeah, it just looked. Cool. It didn't look cheap and small, and I mean they kind of made interesting looking dumb cheap sense yeah well they did spend the uh, you know 2012 equivalent of 10 million dollars on it so that's true but nowadays that gets you that won't even get you ashton kutcher in your movie yeah that's probably true which is the saddest thing that i've ever said yeah. we're up in yeah. space yeah alone man just let that sink in no i think part of this the, the charm of this movie is sort of how, you know, Mad Men is very popular on Earth, I guess. Yeah. And so, you know, that kind of... The coolness of that era, although this is a good half a decade later, but, you know, it's that... This is the 60s. It's cool. It's, yeah. It's got a cool look to it. Well, it's kind of like almost... Like, you know how, how steampunk is, is like... A thing? 
Yeah. Well, it's a thing, but it, it's it's based on the idea of taking modern technology and uh, kind of transporting it back into uh, into time before that existed, and then mm-hmm. applying it to I don't know, be have an excuse to wear a monocle and a top hat. But this is sort of the opposite of that. I feel sure. this uh, that what what you're kind of referring to is the madman effect. Yeah. Um, like. It's taking that sort of style and then transferring that into the future, where obviously you know that would no longer be a thing. But it's it's a juxtaposition, but the opposite way of steampunk. Wow. What? Please tell me you have a name for this. Uh, funk nope. punk. Funk punk. Okay. Even though funk probably wasn't really something. Can we can we do cyber funk? Cyber funk. Yes. Okay. Perfect. I like it. Damn. Wrap yep. it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, or man. or mad mad spaceman, yes yes ah. yeah mad movement. Like I'd watch Simi mad movement in uh, Armageddon when he gets space madness. Yeah 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 yeah. He was a space madman. Mm-hmm. I like it. I do too. This is great. That are we, we're talking about Armageddon, right? Liking that? Oh uh, yeah, I like I like everything about this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's and and the fact that neither of us have referenced Wild Wild West is like that's the icing on the cake. I know. Yeah. Man. This movie was like the anti Wild Wild West. Okay. Yeah. It was I, enjoyable. Yeah, I can dig it. I, I well, I won't tell you my feelings of Wild Wild West right now, but Oh, well, I have an idea about them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need your help here cuz I've okay. been trying to describe think of a way to describe the soundtrack. But I know nothing about music other than it pleases me in my ears. Okay. <laughs> that's that's a start. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like I said, the, the music in this movie was, was kind of acid jazz. There was a lot of, uh, you know, high brass, just like a horn rip. Just yeah. like, it'd be, a, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, you know, in, in Batman, where someone would get punched and be like, wow! Yeah. It was like that, but randomly and didn't fit with the action. Yeah. There's like a guy would be floating through space, and all of a sudden, like, you know, a guy on the flugelhorn would be like, wow! Oh, man. Yeah. Just jamming on it. Yeah, just, 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 just some mad glissandos. Yeah, just fluging it. <laughs> fluging the heck out of that horn. Yeah. And, uh, it was, it was weird. There was like some big band stuff, uh, some, you know, just jazz combos. The music was kind of all over the place, but none of it yeah. was terribly offensive no not at all oh and there was a uh, it, the whole movie started out with like a sweet song that accompanied a cartoon so yeah a cartoon that had nothing to do with the movie in yeah. any way other than it was on the moon well and it was also accompanied by the song that went moon zero two <laughs> wow moon zero two wow yeah that that song just you know came back throughout you know obviously sans lyrics but that that theme was played throughout this whole movie during action sequences. Is that a is that a reprise? No, it's actually it's actually called a, a light motive, um, where there's a musical exposition, um, and then that theme is repeated every time a character or action is portrayed during an opera. So, oh, so like when the Pink Panther comes out, yeah, in, in the Pink Panther opera, uh huh, and they start singing Moon Zero Two. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I, I feel like I learned something today. Yeah. That we we rarely actually educate the people listening to this. We so inform, I feel like but rarely educate. I feel yes, good. I feel like this is a real treat. <laughs> you know what else was a treat? The special um, effects in this movie. 
Yeah. They weren't the sets and the effects were not terrible. No, they absolutely were not. No, it feels I mean, I guess you had guys visual effects guys coming from 2001. Sure. You know, these are heavy hitters. I mean, they were very similar effects to 2001. Right. Yeah, special effects. People floating around in the darkness of space and Yeah. But still, I mean, the the spacesuits were not stupid like just jumpsuits with helmets on them. They were Right. made out of actual spacesuit material. I they imagine. had detachable air packs. Yeah, just like a it's like a like a battery pack for a cordless drill. Yep. And honestly, like, someone thought it through because, you know, each of the spacesuits had two detachable air packs that you could have one on while you're switching out the other. Yeah, which wow. Which totes make sense for a spacesuit. That is absolute. Wow, somebody put thought into this movie. Yeah. That is so unlike any of the other movies that they've watched. <laughs> well, you, you could see the budget in this movie, like, as opposed to, I don't know, uh... Robot Holocaust, where it was just some bunch of dumbos running around an abandoned factory. Like, yeah, this movie you could see. Yeah, they had, they had sets. I mean, those those moon rover vehicles. The, well, they call them moon fairies. Yeah, which is <laughs> totally not a cool name for like a sweet vehicle to drive on the moon. But <laughs> no, it's whatever. Um, they uh, they put those those dumb moon cars from Commando Code to shame. Oh yeah, yeah. So but, does uh, like a like a hobo's house. Which is yeah. also made of cardboard. I once had a homeless man read me a screenplay that put all of Commando Cody to shame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was actually just him yelling into a garbage can about yep. the aliens. Uh-huh. It was actually the plot to Avatar. <laughs> uh, but it was about five years before Avatar came out, so it was weird, but it's that whatever. guy is living the high life. Yep. Got a cardboard box made of solid gold. Yeah, but this movie was great. It was. It had, it had sweet music. It had awesome characters. Yeah. Who's your favorite character from this movie? Uh, the, uh, the, the, I guess he was the bodyguard who was, oh, I didn't, now I know why he didn't try to steal the gun from me. Earlier. Oh, the the weird British guy? Yeah, I just like the way he talked. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I really like the way that uh, that Tom Servo and I think it was Joel uh, mocked his accent. Yeah. a terrible Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> yeah. That, that was pretty good. I, I think my favorite character in, in this whole movie was the... Uh, the main character's, like, weird Eastern European engineer friend. Oh, yeah. You remember that guy? Yeah. The guy who's just like, oh, it's time to, uh, I'm going to show up at the last minute and shoot this guy with a gun in space. Yeah, why not? Yeah. That guy was awesome. He was, like, totally the unsung hero. Like, he just didn't care. And then just, like, would just walk around the moon, just, like, saving people. And then everyone would be like, oh, thank you. I get the girl. He'd be like, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> He's kind of like Zero go. in Mega Man. He just shows up. Yeah. And he, you know he's got something going on. Yeah, something's up yeah. his sleeve. He's from Eastern Europe. And he's an engineer. Like, he's he's just like, you know. So so the, uh, the way I see this movie ending is the main character and that the, the female um, protagonist, they get married or whatever. And then the engineer is like, hey, you should come over for dinner. And like, oh, we're going to go over to this, this horrible bachelor pad. And it's like the biggest moon mansion. Yeah. And he's got like ridiculous. He's got like you know some space bears, just like running around, and it's like cool stuff. Yeah, some moon champagne, some moon crystal. He, yeah, he mixes it with orange juice and has moon moses. <laughs> uh, That's good. I, we should end it there. I think so. Let's yeah. talk about the uh, the final segment. Okay. Which is uh, 
where they name one good thing and one bad thing from the movie. And the reward is ram chips. Ram hot, chips. hot ram chips. Hot ram chips. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, fun. so they haven't done this for a while. No, they haven't. So it's kind of weird. I wonder if this one was out of order, maybe. Uh, I don't know. They had when they were still doing the hot ram chips and dip. They didn't have any fan club letters, so uh. I think maybe they just didn't have an idea. Ah. I know but, all too well. Yeah. But honestly, when you have a sweet movie like Moon Zero 2, it's really hard to follow it up. Yeah. Yeah, like, it really is. So they've hard. already played the weird card after a sweet movie with uh, Robot Monster. Right. Where they did the like weird garbage bag tribute to Roman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 that was great. I like remembering things. Yeah. That's all we have. Yeah. Yep. They read a letter from a 14-year-old kid who uh, refers to Servo as Serval. Yeah, that's... 14's too old to be making cute, like, pronunciation mistakes or spelling errors. Uh, you know, errors. but though, if you hear something on TV, and a V and a B are very easily confused. Okay. Uh, for, I guess he didn't have the internet to look it up. No, you didn't. Although, um, yeah, you could have probably figured it out somewhere. I can't imagine how. But, you know, I used to call volleyball volleyball. Well, yeah. I but, was five. Yeah, you were five and I don't know. So, like, a servo is a thing. A serball isn't a thing. Yeah, but when you were 14, did you know that a servo was a thing? A mechanical uh, thing? I knew serball wasn't a thing. I, but, so I also knew that ro- talking robots in, in a satellite of love was not a thing. So where yeah. does it end? Yeah. Where do you draw the line between fantasy and reality? What are you willing to accept? Would you be willing to accept a dragon in space? Yes. yes. I like that. Yes. Yep. In fact, I am thinking maybe I'm going to put that in the next week's meeting pitch. But Okay. Yeah. I, space dragons. Is that a thing? I was thing? hoping you'd forget about that. Copyright. Yep. Copyright. Sad. Second, second DLC for Skyrim. Oh, you know what? Uh... <laughs> Think I'm not sure, but I think Nobot is also a notary public, so oh, I need no. to have notarize this. And you're my witness, so space dragons. Uh, I'm gonna close my eyes, shut okay. my ears. No, nope, this will be later. We'll, we'll do this later because we have to do top five I can't riffs. Witness it. Uh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So our number five favorite riff from this movie um, happened when uh, we saw an astronaut glove reaching across the satellite, and Servo says, "Looks like a Nintendo Power Glove." There, it's it's. A great riff because it was uh, it was more timely when you know in the time because yeah. you know, Nintendo Power Glove was the hot new thing, mm-hmm. um, uh, but it's kind of heartwarmingly nostalgic now. Yeah, and it was the first of two times in this episode they spoke of Nintendo. Honestly, I think that one of the writers must have got a Nintendo for Christmas. Uh, the next top five rift is in the opening cartoon. Right off the bat, <laughs> there's a scene at the moon dump, and Crow riffs, "Hey, look, it's the film." <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Um, number three of our top five favorite riffs is not really a riff, but I, I don't care. We make the rules here. Yeah. Uh, but it's the constant uh, barrage when the constant barrage of uh, horn-heavy, up-tempo jazz uh, was met with a lot of dancing by Joel <sighs> and the Bots. It's just, I love it. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> when Tom about, Servo dances, yes, his little arms. Best. Yeah. It's just like flapping up and down, just yeah. like dancing. Whoa. I love it so much. Yeah. It's, and Joel is not a terrible dancer. He's not a good dancer. No. No. But he's not terrible. No, he's not terrible either. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next riff is uh, there's an on-screen, uh, on-screen character 
Uh, I believe they call it a day player, someone with lines but not a character. He says, uh, you can't tell this man anything about anything. And Crow <laughs> says, but feel free to tell him something about nothing or a little about a lot. <laughs> which is great. <laughs> Pretty good. And the number one favorite riff of this movie, which is one of my favorite riffs of any movie we've watched oh. so far. Yeah, we he made dying. both of us laugh super hard. Um, when they're on the moon transit system, uh, the character Clementine asks the captain if he goes to the far side a lot. <laughs> and she says, do you know my brother? Is followed immediately by Serpo saying, who, Gary Larson? Yes. Because <laughs> he wrote the it far side. It was so side. perfect. Yep. Ah, oh, man. Uh, remember when the far side was in newspapers? <sighs> Those were, remember, remember when they were newspapers? Yeah. Those were good times. Yeah. Calvin and Hobbes in the far side. And Funky Winterbean. I don't know about that one. I don't either. <laughs> A BC? <laughs> I do love me some Hagar so, the Horrible. Hagar the Horrible. Beetle Bailey. I love some Beetle Bailey. Blondie. Blondie. <laughs> and the one about the hillbillies. Uh, Rex Morgan, MD. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. There's so many bad comics. There's, in fact, they're all bad. There's no, the, the Calvin, Calvin and Hobbes and, and the Far Side. Side. Yeah. That's, that's about and it. And the Lockhorns. And and the Peanuts, because they're just part of everybody. Yeah, you just kind of have to. If if you hate the Peanuts by Charles Schultz, um, then you're just, it's something it says something about your humanity. Yeah, you're probably the time-traveling Hitler kid who hates Mystery Science Theater and Nintendo. Yep. And, yeah. So yep. Go and, back and the peanuts. To your time. Mm-hmm. And you no. can complain about the great pumpkin alone because you don't have friends. Right. And also because you're back in the past and nobody knows what a TV is. Yeah. But honestly, who lets a bunch of kids out in a pumpkin patch unsupervised? Right. Overnight. On, a, on Halloween. Yeah. That's, that's a good Or night. any night. Or, well, any night. But Halloween's yeah. the worst night. True. That's when the spirits walk among the living. Yep. Hey, let's, uh... <laughs> Using the Charlie Brown Great Pumpkin scale of rating, let's rate this movie. Okay, I would give this movie uh, a real great pumpkin, like it actually showed up. Oh, right. Yeah. What would you give the episode? I would give the episode, uh, like Linus is led to believe that the Great Pumpkin actually showed up. Okay. Yeah. All right. I would give this movie a, uh, a two Great Pumpkins that actually showed up. And then I would give this episode a, uh, a a mecha great pumpkin that came to step on both of them. <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah. Optimist oh. pumpkin. Hey, uh, do me a favor. Snatch up that pneumatic tube and see Kay. if there's any letters inside of it. Oh, my goodness. There are there are lots of letters inside of this magnetic tube. It's oh, overflowing. It's- so we got, a, uh, we got a letter. We got a really, really long letter. Okay. From... Uh, oh, it's it's from our our friend Will Strack, the Reverend Will Strack. Oh, from the uh, Church of Extra Life. Yes. Yep. Um. He has. He says, "Great news, Jeff and Seth. I've contacted the U.S. Ambassador to the UN, and he sent me this letter for you to forward to Doctor Odd. It's only a matter of time now, gentlemen. And the Lord spoketh. I pity the fool who do the drugs, from Reverend Will Strack. Mm. So, I." Yeah, it's probably a quote from something. Yeah. From the Bible, from someone's Bible. So uh, it's a press release to the United Nations. Yeah, from um, the Human Rights Council. Wow, look at yeah. this. So official. They're, I know. They're discussing the situation in space in context of unlawful detainment of Jeff Brown and Seth Macy by Dr. Odd. Oh, so, man. They're talking yeah. about cocktails and Vienna sausages. 
Yeah, there's Vienna's a, a place, you know. It is. It's. I think Vienna has a United Nations person. Uh huh. Uh huh. Austrian. I I think that this letter is is incredibly lengthy, but it's it's wonderful. It, it is. To paraphrase it, I'm going to I'm going to take this letter. I'm going to post it on our Facebook group. Yeah. Because I think everyone should read it. Because uh. Well, you know. my great minds of the world. Right. This is the they, United Nations. Uh huh. So. Someone has dictated the uh, great minds of the nation, mm-hmm. as it says at the bottom. But not red. Yeah, great minds of the world, rather. Um, oh, wow. It looks like it's a, a, a resolution to have us freed. Yes. Well, it, it condemns Dr. Odd. Yes. And then uh, there's a resolution to have us freed, which wow. is great. My favorite kind of resolution. Uh-huh. Now, um, I don't know <clears throat> how they're going to go about freeing us because there's really no I don't know where we are we're in space obviously mm-hmm. but hey Seth you know what's big uh elephants yes and space oh yeah yep. space you can fit like a hundred elephants in space yeah but you know what this is a great first step so I I like I said I'm going to post this uh I'm going to post this entire letter um non-paraphrased on our Facebook and our Twitter because they need to see this I, just seeing my name on official UN uh, letterhead just warms my heart. Mm-hmm. The the paper stock is really creamy. Mm-hmm. It is. It's and it's thick too. Oh, but it is. Yeah, it's but it's also kind of soft. It's it's very supple. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could make some really beautiful origami. I I would love to let you do that if this wasn't like something that proved that we should be freed. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's great paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we also uh, we also so so thank you, Reverend Will Strack, yes. for uh, for forwarding our case to the UN. I hope it's not too expensive for us when we get that bill that you alluded to a while back. Because oh, yeah. you know Wait, that's coming to us. It well, that's what he implied. He's doing the work for us, sort of on our request, but. We could pay him an odd bucks. Ooh. Oh! Yeah, yeah each I mean, odd buck is worth one million Earth dollars. Yeah. Uh, so, Reverend, if you're listening, thank you. And also go back in time and erase everything we said about odd bucks up mm-hmm. until this point. Because you're getting paid, buddy. Yeah, yeah. In odd bucks. Paid in odd bucks. Yeah. Um, we also got a letter from our friend Matt. He said, hey, guys, I wanted to say that this is the greatest podcast since Tokyo SOS, which I... We don't get podcasts up here. I don't. don't We get some, but I've I've never heard of that show. But it must be great. Either that or this is an awesome slam. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it turns out that it's actually just forty-five minutes of Morse code. Beep beep beep. beep, Yep. Beep 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 beep. beep. (laughs) It's literally an SOS from uh, from Tokyo because it's all radioactive now. Nope. And Godzilla's there. Thank God. Yeah. Hey, uh, and he says after you finish the first season, do you think you'll do a Q and A session? And Sure, we kind of cool. do that every week with uh, with letters, but we could do an official one if that's what that's what people want. Yeah, if they want us uh, aing their cues, then I'd be totes down for that. I will a the cues. Yeah, all so DL. That stands for days long. Yeah, and maybe we could uh, maybe we could get that space phone working and call down to Earth and get a uh, an awesome you know, special guest for a Q and A. That would mm-hmm. be fun too. That we'll would see. Be super fun. We'll, we'll we'll do what we can. Space phone. So, we had uh, we had a lot of people write to us on 
Facebook this week. Um, notably, I well, okay. So last week, I think we could admit we kind of went crazy with quasars. Yeah. Oh, crazy with quasars. That's a that's a cool shirt. That, like that. is amazing. Yeah. Could it be crazy with quasars? Oh, then it sounds a little bit too Elmer Fuddy. That's fine. Elmer Fudd is a scientist. Yeah. No, well, if Doctor Odd's a scientist, anyone can be. That's true. Mm-hmm. Quasi for quasars. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. But uh, we we kind of asked. We were curious. Like, what are you guys like? What's your favorite space term? Mm. Um, uh, our friend Fred said tachyon field, That's which is a good one. I, I like. It. Is that a real thing? I don't know. I know it's a Star Trek thing. It is. Yeah. So then it must be real. Sure. Star Everything Trek's is a Star documentary. Trek's real. Um, uh-huh. In the future, yeah, they've got those cool food processors and the spaceship full of near beer. Yep, it's a <laughs> sort of a bleak science fiction future. Yeah. Um, our friend Kurt says uh, dinosaur is his favorite space term, <laughs> which is great. And our friend Steve says that Uranus is his favorite space term. Of course. Yep, classic, classic. Look, I hate to be the astronomy nerd because I'm not. Yeah, but I do know that it's. Uh, Today's discerning scientist pronounces it Uranus. Uranus? Because they get so... And, you know, I, the only reason I can think is they get so tired of the Uranus jokes. Yeah. I can... I... Yeah. I can see that. I mean, you're you're essentially substituting a word that is Uranus for one that has urine in it. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's <laughs> also true. Yeah. Just no work was getting done at the laboratories of the world because anytime anybody tried to study Uranus, everyone just started laughing. Our friend Steve, who's our our, uh, resident Robert Heinlein expert, which is how you pronounce it, let us know that it's pronounced Robert Heinlein. Sweet. So, you were right when you said Heinlein. Well, no, you weren't. Heinlein. Yeah. Um, But so, thank you, Steve. And he also says uh, the three laws of robotics don't apply to animals. So if you were a werewolf that had a robot, then that robot would not recognize you as its master. Wow. Which I just made a sweet sitcom premise. Holy cow. And you said you weren't up for pitching ideas. Yeah. Well, yeah. What's what's that show with that you like with Balky Bartakamoose? Oh, uh Life Go uh (laughs) Perfect Strangers. Perfect Strangers. All right, I like that. Let's do Perfect Strangers reboot but with a werewolf and a robot. Yeah, sure. I'm digging Mm -hmm. it. I love this. Um, and he, he also wants to know, uh, what what do we program our apps for Nullbot in? Oh, what language? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a proprietary language. Yeah. Oddsharp. Oddsharp. Yep. I thought, I've been programming mine in Python. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's another good one. Yeah. Love it. So, yeah, uh, thank you to everyone who... Uh, who wrote in this week we had you know a lot of letters again so you guys are awesome and uh yeah um if you don't feel like writing us a letter just like you know all of our our friends up on facebook like you know steve and uh, fred and kurt and just everyone over on facebook you should uh go ahead and like our page there yeah that's the hot new place for where that's where synergy happens it is um we chat we ask questions it's a paradigm shift yeah, people answer our questions. Yes, it's that's fun. So helpful. Hey Seth, where else can people find us I on the on the Otternet or internet? They could look on Twitter. Oh, Twitter. Yeah, Twitter's um, also a good. 
place. I f- I'm a fan of Twitter because uh, everyone has to be very uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Short, um, concise. Yes, thank you. Yeah, you're Do you welcome. Like how I wasn't concise, trying to think of the word concise. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it, it was a true example of irony. Oh man, I love that. Oh, yes. that's the best. That is mm-hmm. so good. But yeah, but you- uh, props, props to our friends uh, Chris and James tweeting to us. Yeah. Um, our friend uh, uh, at Mister B Natural. Um, at Icy Kitty, at Eric Woodson, all the people retweeting our stuff, following us. We got a bunch of new followers this week because you yeah, guys are awesome. Like we got Scott, um, the yeah, Rev. I, yeah, at Renegade Lemur, as always, at yeah. Extra Life Church. You guys are uh, you guys are, are the greatest. So, so cool. You guys are cool. Thank you. Wait, so you know much. what we should we should mention? Uh, what's that? That our Twitter account is at uh, mst3k underscore podcast. Yes, that's a good thing to mention. Yeah, yeah. I thought I would do that real quick. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Woo. You're you're kind of about a billion times better at mentioning stuff. I'm on the I ball. Am. Like, yep. you know what else we should mm-hmm. mention? Oh, uh, what's that? iTunes. Oh yeah. Hey, we got a uh, we got a new uh, rating this cool. week. Cool. Yeah. Not a new review. So we can't actually thank you if you don't write a you know a review. But Darn hey, it. you know we love ratings too. So if you don't have time to go on there and write something, just go on there and click the stars. Click it up. Yeah. And here's something. I know that iTunes is all about just like the UN. iTunes encompasses all countries. Sure. Uh, and nationalities. So if you're in some strange foreign land like Canada or uh, the UK, mm-hmm. and you give us a uh, review on your iTunes store that we can't see, just go ahead. And you know, take a screenshot or something. Yeah. Send it to us. Well, thank you. Print screen. Yeah, mail at gizmodicinstitutesradio.com or post yeah. it on Facebook. It doesn't matter. Post it on Facebook. Do whatever. Hey, put it on the, yeah. t- the Twitter. Mm-hmm. We'll see that too. Yeah. Tweet it to us. Facebook to us. Yeah, well, because we want to thank you for supporting us. So You know what I want to do? Uh, what's that? I want to get back to spitballing some of these incredible no. ideas. I'm trying to drag this out as long as possible because I don't want to do that. Nope. We've got uh. to do this. Mm. Let's go. All right. Call this meeting into session again. Let's take roll call. Seriously? There are four of us, and you can see us all. Oh, and look, Dr. Odd is eating something. Nobot. Seth. Present. Dr. Odd. Jeff. I'm not doing this. Jeff. I said I'm not doing Jeff. this. Jeff. Seriously, this is ridiculous. Jeff. <sighs> Fine. Present. Okay. Now that we know we're all here, let's start firing out some ideas. Well, let's hear them, guys. Who wants to go first? Uh, I will. Okay. So imagine you have a pesky, hard-to-clean-up lava accident. No one has those. That's a problem exclusive to you. Hey, now. You're being rude. Let him finish his pitch without being interrupted. Thank you. So as I was saying, you have lava all over your floor. The walls, the ceiling, the kitchen counters, everything. It's so hard to clean up, and you're bound to lose one or two werewolf butlers in the process. So now your house is covered in lava, and it smells like burnt hair. This is ridiculous. What are you to do? I'll tell you what. Time to summon the lava Iathan. Within minutes, the lava Iathan has removed the lava, and the werewolf butler corpses... All while excreting a lemony fresh scent. I love it! Tell me more about this lava Iathan. Well, it's it's essentially a creature that devours lava and leaves no waste. It's, it's simple as that. 
brilliant. No, no, it isn't. I mean, it barely makes sense. How does this Leviathan? The Leviathan. How does it eat the lava and then excrete no waste after ingesting what I have to imagine is a large quantity of lava? I mean, how does it smell like lemons? I don't know. I mean, what do I look like? Some kind of genetic engineer? I'm just a pitchman, giving you golden ideas like a goose with eggs. I, for one, think it's a great idea. We'll send it to the boys in R&D right away. Nobot! Yep. Uh, see about hiring some boys for our R&D department. Make sure they're plucky. Sure. Okay, who else has an idea? Come on. Surely one of you must have an idea. Honestly, I'm too excited about the love I have to think of anything else. I'm totally going to draw some sweet pictures. I mean, I mean schematics. What we get done here? Nobot. I've played along this far, but I have to admit, I'm kind of with Jeff on this one. The lava Iathan kind of broke me. Very well. Jeff? I I don't even know what to say. This is so stupid. Come on. Let's hear your idea. We can't leave until everyone pitches at least one. Seriously? Yep. Uh, fine. Uh, how about this? A giant supercomputer machine that sits around all day and comes up with dumb ideas so we never have to have another meeting like this again. No. No. It'll never work. Too much overhead. Not enough synergy. There's not even any puns in the title. There's no way we can sell that. Seriously? Everyone is on board with the lava Iathan? But then the idea machine thing is too ridiculous? Fine. Okay. Uh, how about this? Sentient crayons that shout the name of their color so colorblind kids never get confused. Yeah. yeah I, I love it. Yes, now. Was that so hard? Amazing. I, I, I've got the name. Crazy yawns. I, I, okay, I'm done. I, I feel dirty. Well, I think that about wraps up our pitch meeting. I thought it went great, despite some uh, resistance from certain people. Yeah, I'm, I'm not acknowledging you. Uh, no, but can you fax everyone a copy of this week's minutes? Sure, why not? Okay. Well, uh, thank you, everyone. Um, hopefully we'll. Uh, maybe meet again soon? Uh, well, what's the matter now, Mr. Depresso? I, I just thought of stupid... Uh, what? I just thought of another name for your dumb robot clothing store. Go on. C-3P Old Navy. Oh. <laughs> Yay! Oh, I knew you had it in you! Yay! One of us! 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 One of us!